Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. It's your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm live today taking calls at 210-308-8867 or send a text message to Firm at iCloud.com or you can send a message uh, to Twitter at TalkLawRadio1 or through Facebook Live. Markport Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Markport Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, FLPs, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in guardianships, probate, and our attorneys Daniel Palmer and Alex Vollmer can advocate for you in a courtroom trial. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, Material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, Let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help me give good information to the listeners about guardianship law today. Help us to use the gifts and talents that you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today our show is about guardianship, when guardianship is necessary, 10 alternatives to guardianship, the bad news about guardianship, what to expect in a guardianship, and uh, what to do, whether you want an alternative to guardianship or whether you've been dragged into guardianship litigation. My passion for guardianship law is based on some passages from the Bible. 
I learned that God loves and cares for widows and orphans. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, God executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. In Psalm chapter 10, verse 14, it says, God has been the helper of the fatherless. In Psalm 68, 5, it said, God the Father, it was the father of the fatherless and protector of widows. In Psalm 146, verse 9, it says, God upholds the widow and the fatherless. Proverbs 15, God maintains the widow's boundaries. Jeremiah 49, Leave your fatherless children, I will keep them alive, and let your widows trust in me. I also learned that God wants us to help widows and orphans. In Exodus chapter 22, verse 22, it says, You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall become widows, and your children fatherless. In Deuteronomy chapter seven or chapter twenty four, verse seventeen, says, You shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or to the fatherless, or take a widow's gar- garment and pledge. Let's see, Deuteronomy twenty six twelve. Um, that's a pretty long verse, so I won't read that one. Uh, Proverbs 23, Do not move an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless. My favorite, Isaiah 1, verse 17, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And New Testament, James 1, verse 27, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. So that's the reason I enjoy doing guardianship law. I like helping people when uh, their lack of planning has left them uh, without somebody to take care of them. That's when the court has to intervene, and we'll talk more about that as we go. So if you have a question about guardianship, call us, 210-308-8867, or send me a text message to marquardtlawfirm at icloud.com, and I'll answer your question on the air. Guardianship comes about when somebody is incapacitated and when somebody applies to be their guardian. I see a lot of uh, adult children or other loved ones coming into my office uh, telling me about how their loved one, who's usually older, uh, disabled, or suffering some type of uh, mental incapacity or mental illness, uh, tells me all the things that are going wrong. Uh, They're not paying their bills. They're not going to the doctor. They're not taking care of their house and maybe a fall happens, uh, maybe they miss some medication dosages, and the the first question that the court's going to ask is, is that person incapacitated? 
meaning are they substantially unable to make their own decisions? And then number two, who would be the best guardian? Who would act in that person's best interest? So those are generally the two questions that get asked. Um, there are five signs when a person with a disability or incapacity needs a guardian guardian or conservator. In Texas, we, we use the terminology guardian of the person or guardian of the estate. So five signs that somebody might need a guardian. Number one, the person suffering from disability or incapacity um, suffers some kind of sudden catastrophic illness or injury and has never signed a power of attorney and does not have the capability or capacity to sign one now. That's when a guardian would have to be appointed because uh, the disabled person can no longer understand what it means to appoint somebody to be their agent. Uh, Number two, the person suffering from disability or incapacity does have an agent under a durable power of attorney or medical power of attorney, but the bank or other financial institution refuses to honor the legal document. Then you might have to ask the court to intervene and uh, give a guardian authority to enter that bank account, to pay for things out of that bank account, or to make other financial changes. Uh, I've seen some older people who, whose investment plan hasn't changed in the last 20 years, and uh, it should change because now that they're older, they probably need a more conservative strategy. I'll go over the other three after we return from a short break. Um, again, you can call us here at the radio station at 210-308-8867. And you're listening to Todd Marquardt at um, Talk Law Radio on 930 AM The Answer. Uh, next week, we'll have this recorded episode up on www.talklawradio.com. We'll also have it on Apple Podcast. So if you miss part of it today because you're in and out of the car or in and out of the house, uh, check us out on podcast and you can listen anytime. You can also listen to our past episodes about trusts and wills and probate and elder law and everything else. Stay tuned. If you recently moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Markport. I'm here talking about guardianship law today. If you have a question about Texas guardianship, give me a call at 210-308-8867. I was just going over five signs a person needs guardianship, and I talked about one, where the person suffering from disability 
has suffered some sudden catastrophic illness or injury and, and never had a power of attorney. Number two, somebody did have a power of attorney, but a bank or other financial institution isn't honoring it for some reason or another. Number three, an agent under power of attorney is neglecting, exploiting, or stealing from the person suffering from disability or incapacity. Um, a lawsuit could be filed against the agent for that and uh, get a remedy from a judge to replace um, that person um, by naming a guardian. Number four, the person suffering from disability or incapacity forgot who his or her agent was uh, because of mental illness, mental incapacity, or physical brain injury and has gone around town telling bankers and financial advisors that he or she doesn't trust that person, doesn't know who he or she is, and doesn't know why that person's in control of their account. Well, that raises a red flag, as you can imagine, and so the bank just freezes the account to try and figure out what the best course of action is. And then the last one, number five, maybe two or more agents both have a power of attorney. One may be older than the other. Uh, maybe the power of attorney got updated and the principal wanted to name somebody new and, and the person uh, under the old power of attorney never got the message. We have a caller? Okay, Anita, you're live on the air. What's your question? Uh, yes. Um, what is the responsibility of someone who has already been uh, appointed guardianship um, for a relative? And if we not say responsibility, I mean, how detailed are they supposed to keep records? on finances and other things. Okay, be happy to answer it. If you would, just turn down your radio a little bit. It's uh, creating some feedback on the air. Uh, so Anita's question is, what does the guardian have to report? Uh, what are the, the financial uh, accountings? And you're on the right track that the guardian does have to make a, a formal financial accounting to the court. It has to be approved. And so it's like a like balancing your checkbook, except the guardian has to balance all the checkbooks and all of the savings accounts and all of the retirement accounts, uh, letting the court know how much money the, the ward has, the person, that's what we call the person under guardianship is the ward how much that person still has, and then exactly how much money they've spent all the way down to the penny, um, categorizing it, uh, what they spent it on, how much it was, what was it for. And so that financial accounting is very detailed. The guardian also has to report to the court uh, every year about how the ward is doing. So... They report when's the last time you visited the ward, what, who are the medical professionals, the physicians, the therapists, the nurses, 
everybody that's involved in taking care of that ward. Who are they and what do they do for the ward? So that's a very detailed report, too. Uh, those two things have to be filed annually, and then the court will renew the authority of the guardian. And there is something in Texas law called the, the Bill of Rights for the Ward, the Guardianship Bill of Rights. And so this document, the, these documents should also be shared with the ward whether or not the guardian thinks the ward understands them or not. That way, we, we're just trying to protect that person's civil rights. Does that answer your question, Anita? It does, and I understand that the guardian does not get paid. And then, if you don't mind, uh, another question. Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about this or not. Does an executor of a will get paid? I know they can probably get paid. Yeah, but... those are those are good questions, and and the law does have some statutes on that about whether the guardian and the executor can be paid. Typically, mm -hmm. the, the law allows them uh, reasonable compensation, um, but it, it's sort of complicated how they get paid. It, it's kind of like a commission based on the bills that are paid out and the revenue that's received in. Um, but there's a lot of specific details uh, where the where the court calculates that so it it's probably not the same for everybody now you can modify how an executor is paid in your will you can require that the executor serve without compensation uh, you can specify an hourly rate you can specify a flat fee compensation or you can uh, tie it to some type of market index. I've seen that before. Does that answer your question? It does, and I really appreciate uh, what you're doing because a lot of people need this kind of information. We just don't hear enough about it, but thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Okay, so we will continue with... Uh, Guardianship. So the last thing, the number five, a person might need a guardian appointed if you have competing power of attorney documents. Uh, I've seen that before, and so you just have to make sure that um, maybe you let the former person know that you're no longer counting on them to do that job. So what is capacity exactly? Um, Mental capacity can be evidenced by facts that would show uh, a person's outward conduct, uh, pre-existing medical uh, circumstances, uh, or uh, prior or subsequent existence of a mental condition. There's different standards for capacity to sign a contract or to write a will. So the capacity to sign a contract is when the contract was made, the person appreciated the effect of what he or she was doing and understood the nature and consequences of the acts and the business he or she was transacting. 
So it's a fact question. What's going on in that person's life? And uh, has he or she been diagnosed with any medical condition? And is he or she doing anything that's evidence that maybe he or she doesn't understand? Another legal definition is an incapacitated person means an adult individual who, because of a physical or mental condition, is substantially unable to provide food, shelter, or clothing for himself or herself, to care for that individual's own physical health, or to manage his or her own financial affairs. There's other statutes that talk about competency instead of capacity. It's kind of the same thing, but under the Advanced Directives Act, uh, where the directive to physicians law is, the, the medical power of attorney, the out-of-hospital DNR order, uh, uses the word competent. Competent means possessing the ability based on reasonable medical judgment to understand and appreciate the nature and consequences of a treatment decision, including the significant benefits and harms of and reasonable alternatives to a proposed treatment, con treatment decision. So you can make your own medical decisions as long as you can communicate with the physician and as long as the physician thinks you understand what your choices are. Incompetent, by contrast, means lacking the ability, based on reasonable medical judgment, to understand and appreciate the nature and consequence of a treatment decision, including the significant benefits and harms of and reasonable alternatives to a proposed treatment decision. There's a rebuttable presumption that you have capacity to decide things for yourself. That's what's great about being an American. We can decide for ourselves uh, what we're going to do today, as long as we have the capacity and competency to do that. So a person is presumed to have capacity until it's proven that you're incapacitated. So the burden of proof is on the person claiming you're incapacitated. So they look at specific things. Um, a physician would look at some of these things. Uh, your ability to make complex business, managerial, and financial decisions. Your ability to manage a personal bank account. Your ability to safely operate a motor vehicle. Vote in an election. Make decisions regarding marriage. Determine, determine your own residence, administer your own medication, attend to your basic activities of daily living without support and services, or uh, what supports and services you might need, attend to your instrumental activities of daily living, give consent to medical and dental treatment, uh, and consent to psychological and psychiatric treatment. A person could be partially incapacitated, so it, it would be the court's job to decide on how incapacitated the person is. It's not, it's not only uh, incapacitated or not incapacitated, it could be partially incapacitated. So after we come back from a break, we'll talk about alternatives to guardianship and supports and services that would help guardianship um, or, or reduce the 
intrusiveness of the guardianship because uh, the law wants somebody to be as independent and autonomous as they can be. Uh, Over the last decade or two decades, there's been problems cropping up where a guardianship has been abused, and we'll talk about that also. But first, we're going to be talking about alternatives to guardianship. And the number one alternative to guardianship would be having a durable power of attorney and a medical power of attorney. The catch is you have to sign these things while you're still healthy. Uh, You don't want to wait until you're in the hospital uh, to become concerned about getting your affairs in order using durable power of attorney and medical power of attorney. You want to do that uh, after you turn age 18. Everybody over the age of 18 should have a power of attorney because we never know what's going to happen. Even if we're healthy and we lift weights and we run miles around the city, uh, if you drive on 1604, 410, 281, or 35, you need a durable power of attorney and a medical power of attorney because we know that accidents happen. It's a war zone out there. You have to be careful in your car or truck. Make sure that you avoid hitting other people, and then you have to defensively avoid being hit yourself. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about alternatives and supports and services. Stay tuned. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquardt. Today I'm talking about Texas guardianship law. On the radio, 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and later I'll be on Apple Podcast and TalkLawRadio.com. We have another caller with a question. David, you're live on the air. Oh, thanks, Todd. Uh, yeah, mine uh, wasn't specifically on guardianship, although it could be. Um, I was uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, with the uh, people that are on direct uh, payment, automatic payment, uh, plans, uh, and this could come into guardianship if someone's a guardian for someone and find out that uh, their client or their uh, their charge is is being uh, ripped off. How can you stop those automatic payment plans? And I'm thinking specifically of what happened last week with the automatic payment for people that are getting overcharged with their electric bills. Can they stop it like right now? And uh, and make the power company, uh, uh, you know, uh, demand a check as opposed to just sucking it right out of their bank book? Yes, that's a great question, David. Uh, When an incapacitated person has their bank account set up to make automatic drafts or automatic payments for bills and invoices, how do you stop that if they're being overcharged or if they're paying for things that are scams, uh, who can stop it? Well, if 
you're the durable power of attorney, you can call uh, those individuals like CPS or, or anyone else and say, uh, I'm the agent under durable power of attorney for so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, we'd like to stop the direct payment. Uh, I think that if you just make that request, I think that um, most of the time di direct payments for bills is uh, voluntary and you can, uh, as an alternative, receive an invoice and, and make your payment that way. If they won't honor the durable power of attorney, that's when you might need to be appointed guardian by the court. and. The advantage of being appointed guardian by the court is you have a court order, and if the uh, institution doesn't recognize your authority as guardian, then you ask uh, the court to issue a show cause order about uh, call that, calling that person or that entity into court to explain why they won't honor that authority. So the, the first um, suggestion would be try and use the authority as a power of attorney um, where you're standing in the shoes of of the person who's being billed and try and negotiate an alternative payment arrangement that way. Does that answer your question, David? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good start, yeah. And if uh, what I'm worried about, you know, people that are getting the uh, direct payments, the automatic payments for the electric bills that are just going to sap them, I mean, I'm hearing the the highest I've heard so far was sixteen thousand dollars in a, you know, in a single payment. Right. And you know, five thousand I thought was outrageous. Sixteen thousand. So when you start looking at, uh, at at the way that this money is being not only sucked out of the counties, but it's probably going to Cayman Islands. And so I'm trying to figure out how can we stanch the flow. And so for your, the other listeners, if they aren't dealing with guardianships, uh, they don't necessarily have to go to power of attorney because it's their account. But if they wanted to do like a paper version as opposed to an online version, uh, if they went to a notary this afternoon and got them to uh, stop the automatic payment as of, you know, a certain time of day, like noon Monday or noon, I don't know if the laws, blue laws still exist, but <laughs> you used to never be able to have a contract based on a Sunday, but uh, it's, it's still Saturday anyway. Uh, a notary uh, demanding that the automatic payment uh, uh, stop at a certain hour, uh, uh, would that work? Well, you I'm, have to have registered letter kind of thing? That That's what I would try. I, I don't think you necessarily need a notary if you just write a letter and send it in, certified mail, return receipt requested. Uh, that way your request is in writing that you want to change the form of payment uh, from automatic to uh, paper invoice, uh, payment by check. Sure. You can maybe make a phone call and, and make that same request, um, but the in writing is usually better. Sure, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm calling you from California, and out here 22 years ago was Enron looting California. And oh, they got, I see. Yeah, they got $71 billion was the last number I heard, and it, in, in the course of about three weeks or a month. Seventy-one billion dollars they stole from California, 
Enron did. Well, thank and, you for bringing this to our attention. We will certainly be on the lookout for being overcharged. Yeah. Well, you're, aren't you hearing about it already? Or? Yeah, in San Antonio has its own city-run power company. And so I, th- I think that the Texans that are being overcharged are probably living in Houston or Dallas. They have a, a different way of getting their power. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. so are you a municipal uh, power company? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think Los Angeles was sort of safer uh, in in the Enron days, uh, but they there was a second trickery. And you're, you're an attorney? Yes. Well, maybe uh, just for, you know, the investigators uh, listening, the uh, one of the, the scams that got played in the Enron days was that the power companies would intentionally cause a, a power outage. Uh, so they would uh, have a mechanical breakdown, which justified doing these outrageous bills. Oh, really? And, yeah, there was a nuclear power plant where they had a 40-ton crane collapse. They had to shut down the nuclear power plant, and then I think it went from $0.11 cents a kilowatt hour to... Uh, I, I, I think seventeen hundred dollars is what I heard. Uh, wow! You know, instead of eleven cents a kilowatt hour. So there were like University of California in uh, San Diego. I remember was almost going to go bankrupt because of the power bills of one month. And uh, you know, <laughs> this is the the scale of the looting, and this is you know the time value of money of 22 years ago. Yeah, well, I did try I did try to get CPS, CPS Energy, that's a San Antonio's power company, and mm-hmm. ERCOT on uh, my show. So if, if they're listening, uh, they can certainly say their piece on how this all works. Because everybody's got questions about it, and not everybody uh, reads. They, some people get their news from talk radio. I sure. hope I, I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I could give you one more tip, and it's you know if you can imagine going to an auction, and you're just sitting there quietly in the audience, and you're about to sneeze, and your arm flinches, and all of a sudden they take that as a bid, right? And so you end up with something just because you sneezed. Well, in the case of what's going on with the electric, uh, you didn't even know you were bidding when you turned up the thermostat one degree. And that bid, uh, you know, if that took you over the maximum uh, for your allotment for the month, all of a sudden you're, I I was talking to a PUC commissioner here a week ago uh, from California, and she was saying that the the amount of the bid uh, in California could not go over $9,999, but in Texas there is no upper limit. Oh. Yeah, and so it's it's like as if you're a bidder, you go over and turn the thermostat up to 69, and uh, and it it turns out that you're going to stuck be stuck with a thousands of dollars bill. That's a great and, point. Yeah, and and when they were intentionally uh, uh, forcing their power plants to break down so that they could then jack it up uh, if for the auction rate. Uh, this 40-ton crane, it was found that it was mismanagement. Uh, there were other power companies that had sold all of their spare parts, and if they had a single innocuous breakdown, it justified the whole plant being shut down for a week. 
and then it, it got into the price spikes because of the shutdown. So when you start looking around the state and you're finding out these, well, this power company was down, the nuclear power plant mm-hmm. down near Galveston was down, was that intentional? Did that justify the, the price spike for the rest of the, the – and they got $71 billion in like three weeks. So – and then if, are they sucking the money out of town? Right. Are they taking that out of the state? So it's it, – um, that's what happened in California. Enron had it in Cayman Islands so quick, uh, and, and there was just – no way to get it back, and then <laughs> don't get me started about the mysterious death of Ken Lay, uh, you know, where he they shopped a, a, a coroner from two counties away. Um, yeah, they... That's they, interesting. Yeah, they it was organized crime at its finest. I'm going to have to take it another break, David, but if you hey, would, care. send me an email so that I can keep in touch with you. You've got some great ideas. Yeah, appreciate it. Bye. Thanks. Okay, so when we come back from this next break, we'll talk about the other nine alternatives to guardianship, uh, try and help people avoid guardianship, and, and then at the end we'll talk about the big reasons to avoid guardianship. So stay tuned. moved to Texas from out of state, your current will, trust, and power of attorney may need to be reviewed and updated. Wills and powers of attorney are state-specific, so it might be a good idea to meet with a Texas attorney. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trust, and powers of attorney. They'll develop a strategy to tax-efficiently protect and preserve your assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize government benefits. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. Just finished answering some questions uh, from David out in California about how uh, the whole power fiasco went down uh, during the Texas freeze. And uh, I'm glad that he brought that up. I really did want to talk to uh, somebody from CPS Energy this week or somebody from ERCOT or both uh, because I, I just wanted them to tell the public their story. Uh, I'm not even that hard to talk to, you know. Um, So if you know somebody from one of those organizations that wants to uh, give the public some information about what happened and what's going to happen next, uh, please tell them about me. They can email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. Or they can call me at the office at 210-530-4278. Okay, the other nine alternatives to guardianship would be um, signing a medical power of attorney, naming somebody you trust to make medical and health care decisions for you in the event that you can't. So if you are under anesthesia or you're unconscious uh, but still alive, and physicians need consent to do certain procedures or administer medications, 
that's when the medical power of attorney would make those decisions and give those consents. Even if you're expected to wake up or get better, yeah, then you start making your own decisions again. Or if you develop some memory problem like Alzheimer's or dementia, well, then it might be a longer-term job where your uh, medical power of attorney agent is deciding uh, what type of care, you know, whether you're going to be at home or in a retirement community or a nursing home. Let's see, number three, uh, signing a declaration for mental health treatment. If you know in advance that you have uh, mental health uh, treatment issues, then you can write down what types of treatment you do want and what types of treatment you don't want. You can also designate a special agent to make only those decisions. Maybe your general medical power of attorney is one person, your financial power of attorney is another person, and maybe your mental health power of attorney is a third person. Number four, appointment of a representative payee. Uh, Social Security income has uh, their own unique procedure because it's a federal agency. They don't really want to have to learn the laws of all 50 states for dealing with financial power of attorney, so they have their own fiduciary appointment process. Uh, The Veterans Administration has their own fiduciary appointment process. Um, Department of Finance uh, has their own fiduciary administration process. All of those would be superseded by a guardian because that's appointed by the judge, and each state, and including the federal government, has to honor uh, the, the full, with full faith and credit the uh, documents of each state. Um, number five, you could establish a joint bank account with another person. Uh, I discourage people from doing that because when you put somebody else's name on your bank account, that's like a partnership and you've just exposed the whole value of your account to their liabilities and vice versa, Uh, that person's also exposed to your liabilities. So if they get sued, then you might get dragged into the lawsuit and vice versa. You could create a management trust uh, that could be court-created under Section 1301. Uh, You could create a special needs trust or supplemental needs trust. You could designate a guardian even before you need one on paper uh, signed by witnesses and a notary. Uh, That way it makes the guardianship process easier. You're not saying you want a guardian or you need a guardian, uh, but you're saying that if I did, this is the person I would prefer. Um, Then the court would uh, presume that that person you nominated would be in your best interest. Oh, and then Marquardt Law Firms added number 10. The 10th way to uh, prevent guardianship would be to establish a comprehensive plan that includes various legal documents like durable power of attorney, medical power of attorney, trusts, and wills uh, that are with legal, legally enforceable instructions about how to take care of you in the event that uh, you need special medical care and where you want to live if you're incapacitated or disabled. So it's not just one document, but if you leave enforceable instructions for your agents to follow, 
then hopefully you'll enjoy a higher quality of care for a longer period of time. Okay, so now to the bad news. Um, it really hasn't been in the in the news. I, I've seen it on various TV programs, and, and now there's a movie called I Care A Lot starring Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, Lisa Gonzalez, and IMDb, the website that reviews movies, describes it as a movie about a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards, but she meets her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. I haven't seen it yet. I noticed it was uh, currently available on uh, Netflix, so I'm going to check that one out. I did see a program uh, my friend Barbara suggested called Dirty Money. It's a documentary-type show. They did an episode titled Guardians, Inc., and IMDb described the show about how the rampant abuse of laws meant to protect the elderly has left many seniors penniless, powerless, and isolated from their families. Uh, I listened to a podcast on the way to the radio station this morning uh, put on by AARP, and it was about abuse of uh, the guardianship process. And uh, the the gentleman that they interviewed, his uh, stepmom had been uh, the victim of a corporate guardian. And he said that in his experience, he, he because of what he went through and the $50,000 that he had to pay in legal fees to get his stepmom back from uh, New Mexico, that you can never uh, intervene too early in the affairs of your loved ones if you're concerned about them. Even if it's uncomfortable, uh, it's still a good conversation to have uh, because then at least you're more aware of things and your loved ones hopefully are more aware of some things. Now, if you're dealing with somebody who's incapacitated or uh, they're losing their capacity uh, because of medical problems, they may not fully understand everything that you're saying. And you might want to take that into consideration in advance so that you're not frustrated when they don't understand because they've got these uh, medical issues and mental issues that are causing them to not be able to understand. So it's, it's not their fault. You just have to try and figure out how to get through to them, maybe a different medication, maybe a different treatment, uh, and then maybe you have to ask a court to appoint you guardian even if they don't want you to. There was another show called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. It, it was on HBO uh, June 4th, 2018. Um, his his uh, Last Week Tonight show is sort of a, a news show, but it's funny. He tries to make it funny and serious at the same time. Um, that show was described as, It's alarmingly easy for a total stranger to gain total control over the life of a senior citizen. We enlisted a group of celebrities to offer a warning about predatory behavior. Okay, so what can you expect in a guardianship if you really have to go through with it? Well, there's the ward, 
that's the person who needs a guardian. There's the applicant, that's the proposed guardian. The, the applicant has to have an attorney. Then the court will appoint an attorney to represent the proposed ward and what they want, even if it's unreasonable. A guardian ad litem, that's different from a tertian ad litem, might be appointed if the court needs additional information and input and opinion about what the proposed ward's best interest would be. Uh, in San Antonio and Bear County, we have a court investigator. Of course, we have a judge that is uh, going to make the decisions. And then annually, a volunteer court visitor will meet with the proposed ward just to make sure that everything's going okay. Okay, so the standard of proof is clear and convincing evidence. So that's a really high standard to me. It's more than just a 51%, more likely than not. If you're going to try and prove somebody's incapacitated, you have to have clear and convincing evidence. Oh, by the way, I wanted to um, say something about income taxes. Uh, because of the deep freeze in Texas, uh, the IRS is giving us an extension on filing our tax returns. Instead of April 15th, it's going to be June 15th. Okay, back to guardianship. <laughs> um, what I've been talking about for this whole show is adult guardianship. Of course, kids... If they don't have parents, they have to have a guardian, too, because in Texas, if you're a minor, you're deemed to be incapacitated. Uh, you're deemed to not have the authority or the, the legal means to sign a legally enforceable contract. So uh, a minor child might have a guardian instead of a parent. And that reminded me of the movie Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. That's when uh, Klaus and Violet and, and their baby uh, sibling uh, lost both parents due to a tragic fire. And the nearest um, relative was appointed to be their guardian. And Klaus said to his sister, how could they do this to us? And she said, they're just bad people. And Klaus, she was talking about the, the bad guardians. And uh, Klaus said, not them, mom and dad. And Violet said, Klaus, don't talk mama bad about mom and dad. And Klaus said, Violet, you're thinking it too. How could they? Did they have no plan for us at all? And Violet said, maybe. Maybe they did have a plan. And Klaus said sarcastically, sure looks like it to me because they ended up with this bad guardian. So whether you're planning for your minor children or your elderly parents or grandparents or whether you're on the other side and you're just trying to make things easier for your family and beneficiaries, planning is the key. Thanks. Have a great day. <laughs>